Hello everyone, welcome to Season 2 of But What If I Tried Acting. My name is Garth, and this season we will be discussing the filmography of Beyoncé. And we're very excited to do that, but unfortunately we have to begin on a sad note. Uh, we are planning on releasing this episode at some point in the middle of May, but we began recording the season two days after the passing of DMX, who of course was our subject for Season 1. Uh, given kind of the nature of what happened to him, you know, we were given a week to prepare for it, uh, emotionally speaking, but, uh, when he passed, it still broke our hearts and we wanted to, you know, we didn't want to begin the season without acknowledging it up top. So, um, I guess I will share some thoughts here. Um, it's easy to look at the life and the body of work of DMX and only see, you know, kind of the negatives, um. He was an artist who, after all, as, you know, as we talked about a lot in last season, uh, he was an artist who was failed by every institution imaginable, and he struggled with drugs from a young age. And uh, he rapped, you know, with a lot of clarity and a lot of honesty about kind of the harm that's been inflicted on him, as well as the harm he's inflicted on others, and really himself as well, to a certain extent, um... So when one hears the word DMX, it's easy, or, you know, the name of DMX, it's easy to only imagine the darkness and sort of the violence and the hardship and the addiction and all that. Um, but I think if we only dwell on that stuff, we're missing half the picture because despite any negativity DMX brought into this world, you know, negativity that he was always pretty honest about, uh... He was a man who knew he could be better and one that actually tried to change. And, you know, he shared all this, all these stories and, you know, about violence and poverty and chaos uh, to show us that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that, you know, redemption is always worth seeking, even if you have to spend your entire life trying to do it. Uh, so... So I guess the last thing to say is that we are crushed by the enormity of his absence and we send our deepest condolences to DMX's family. Um, thank you so much and enjoy the season. The podcast where we discuss the filmographies of singers, rappers, or just general music people who made acting careers. I am Sanchez, and with me is Butler. Butler, Hello. how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing just fine. <laughs> That's with, great. <laughs> with me is uh, is also Garth. Garth, how are you today? Hello. It is I, the G, the A, the R, the T, the H. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Here, I've got uh, a glass of orange juice and a half a glass of Mountain Dew in my belly. I am here. I am awake. Wow. This is this is how I have summoned my energy. 
What a truly that you can definitely hear with my. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. not doing well. But uh, uh... <laughs> that sounds scary. <laughs> Like, I, good luck. So, some of our sleep schedules have gotten a little bad, and some of us need a little <laughs> bit of a kick of energy in order to be awake in order to do this podcast. Okay? You're welcome, audience. This is how much I care about you. I am willing to sacrifice my body so that I can sound alert and awake. Um, And, you know, some people, you know, like they, they, they just want to be obstacles. Especially when they're named Chelsea. Some people want to remind somebody named Garth that there is a coffee machine in the apartment. I don't drink coffee. This might be okay. the time to try it out. But you drink like any other soda that isn't Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I, I, I've never really gotten over like the whole thing of like when you're a kid, like Mountain Dew has all the caffeine, you have to drink all of it. What? I don't. I do yeah, not have like, this period of childhood. Yeah, like okay, this, Coke this may have been has a, caffeine this, in it. This may have been a, like a dynamic in my childhood where like. The two sodas that were like infamous for having a lot of caffeine were Surge and Mountain Dew. Yes, I remember that. I just, I don't know. Something about the commercials made me not want to drink it. And also well, that, it was like that color. Well, that's because you're square. The color was very bad. We were a big yes. Red Bull family for a brief period of time. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> that's that's all I think we need to say. All right, um, we're covering Beyonce this season, so yay! Yeah, so excited! Get excited! Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this season, because Garth is an amazing, amazing genius of a person, he noticed that the mm -hmm. number of albums Beyonce put out perfectly matches up to the amount of movies she's also been in. Incredible! Uh, so this season, we're going to be discussing one album and one movie per episode. Uh, also, we can't really do the same version of last season's context section because Beyonce, as everybody knows, is very private uh, about her life, which is totally fine. It's her prerogative and that's great for her. Uh, but there's also not a whole lot of to talk about with that. Um, this week, we're talking about Carmen, a hip hopera and Destiny's Child's self-titled album. Yay. 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 I need to sound more excited, otherwise uh, this Mountain Dew experiment will be a failure. Well, <laughs> clearly you should have had like four Mountain Dews. Just really, really get the caffeine going. <laughs> no, I yeah, think that I mean, might I, I, I already sound very energetic when I talk anyway. <laughs> Alright. Let us talk about this album, Destiny's Child by Destiny's Child. Uh, so this is their first album. It's with the original lineup. We got Beyonce, we got Kelly Rowland, we have Latoya Luckett and Latavia Robertson. Uh, it was released February 17, 1998 by Columbia Records and Music World Entertainment, which is Beyonce's father's Matthew Knowles' company. Uh, notable producers include Wyclef Jean, Jermaine Dupri, Dwayne Wiggins, a member of Tony Tony Tone, <laughs> uh, Corey Rooney, who is basically one of Jennifer Lopez's main people, at least in the early part of her career. He oh, produced, cool. like, the majority of her early hits. Ooh. Interesting. Um, and more uh, notable guest appearances from Wyclef Jean and Praz, which is two-thirds of the Fugees, uh, Jermaine Dupri, and Master P. Love future, Master P. Future prominent uh, semi-guest of Solange's album, Seat at the Table. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring up a seat at the table because we've been talking about like the Knowles family a lot. And yeah. I was reminded of how just goddamn incredible that album is. It is very good. It is. Um, so 
what did we all think of this album um i thought it was okay i liked a fair amount of the songs um it's so interesting to go back to like a, a destiny's child album from so long ago and it's a very different sound from them i guess and i always sort of forget about this group of four i'm used to thinking of like the three that they became mm-hmm. yeah me too um i honestly kind of forgot until i saw like the album cover um that the the three that we know of as like destiny's child is actually not the original lineup um and yeah i i agree i you know while listening to this album i was kind of yeah it's like fine it's not probably something i will ever return to (laughs) um (laughs) it's it's not like bad per se it's just i don't think there's like a lot yeah that speaks to me there's not a lot of hits off of it and i'm used to them being like hit just like churning them out one after another yeah that's a good point yeah yeah i I guess we're kind of three for three on the it's okay (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean we're, we're gonna talk about this more in detail in a second but like i'm not like as big on like the super slow kind of like late 80s 90s early 2000s r&b I, like, I don't, like, universally dislike it or anything. It's just, like, usually not my thing. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a... Except for the hits, it's, like, pretty much an entire album of that. And it doesn't really stand out from, like, the people who are doing it very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it can... And also, uh, I, I guess we can skip ahead a little bit. Um, yeah, as Butler kind of hinted at, it definitely suffers from being like the first Destiny's Child in hindsight in 2021, uh, because like we're sort of, as Butler said, used to hits. Mm. Like we're 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 used to like the faster kind of pop singles. Um, and so when you get like an entire album that's just like slow R and B jams for the most part, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, yeah, it it can't help but feel a little bit sluggish is harsh, but you you know just not what you expect or necessarily want. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about something more important first. <laughs> this is very important. Okay. We need to talk about this fucking album cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it is so of the times, outfit-wise. Yes. Okay, yeah. Do we want to attempt to describe the album cover? Yes. Uh, Sure. <laughs> For those who have not seen it, it says Destiny's Child at the top, and it has the four ladies uh, down below. Uh, Kelly and Beyonce are the two people on the edge, and then um, Latoya and Latavia are in the center. They're all wearing black, some sort of like black strappy dress or two-piece thing. In my opinion, Kelly has the best outfit of all of them, mm-hmm. as usual. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it kind of looks like Beyonce is wearing like shapewear or something. I think it might just mm. be like the way she's angled, so you can't really see like the structure of the dress that she's wearing, but mm. it's yeah, it doesn't look great. Um yeah. or it kind of just doesn't look like anything, which I guess is like almost yeah. Yeah. I it's I describe it more more like that. I think Michelle definitely has the best outfit because it's got like the one thing. Me and Kelly. Or I'm sorry, yes, um yeah. 
Michelle's not in the group yet. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need more Mountain Dew. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we all need more Mountain Dew. No. Um, but yeah, I agree. Her outfit's the best. Um, I feel like the... So normally, too, when you like do group photos, right? I don't know. Maybe this is like doesn't even matter at all but i feel like you normally put like the tallest people in the middle and then you know because then it goes kind of down mm. and like this cover does the opposite of that you're right the i don't know two if that shorter matters. women are in the center yeah. i think it's interesting no matter what you definitely do want to have like a height thing um for sure so it is interesting they're doing it this way as opposed to like having the shorter people on the outside but I can see actually how that would look kind of funny in like the specific layout that they have going on. Yeah. Because I don't know. They, I feel like they would get cut off a lot easier if they were since they're shorter. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. It just feels very it feels very like late 90s. You know, the the group is going to wear matching outfits and we're just going to kind of have them like yeah. standing there. It does like... feel minimum effort. You're right. Yeah. Even Be- you're right. Beyonce's like slip dress. It does seem like they were like. You know, they put, like, a lot of effort into finding the, like, leather two pieces and, yeah. like, the other stuff. But, like, hers, it kind of feels a little bit like, like, we're going to put you in, like, a sexy slip, which would be great if you were the one in the center being shot front on so we can, like, actually see your figure. But instead, they put her on the side so you, you can't really see anything. Yeah. It's, yeah, it just feels kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I've written a few questions. Okay. Uh. Why is Beyonce the only one not smiling? My hypothesis mm-hmm. is that uh, she as she is as annoyed by this album cover as we are. <laughs> I uh, uh, I didn't. To me, she doesn't look like she's not smiling. That's so interesting. Oh well, I, I mean, like compared to the other three, like yeah, she's not like tooth smiling. That's yeah. See, that's where I'm going. I, to me, it looks it's the smile of someone who's uncomfortable with their teeth. A little bit Mm. like it's kind of like you're smiling but you're still Mm -hmm. trying to look cute but you don't want to show your teeth and Mm -hmm. i don't know it's early on in their career maybe she's not super comfortable with herself yet uh which could have something to do with her awkward pose uh, as well (laughs) um yeah i mean um for the record uh the other three members are like like front facing whereas beyonce is turned to the side but looking at us and she's all the way to the right Mm -hmm. yeah um, but yeah, like, I, I feel like our eyes are very much being drawn to Latavia Robertson in the album cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's an interesting choice. And, uh, another interesting choice, even though I did not write this one down, uh, the font. Yes. I, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's like the Bloomingdale's font. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this font reminds me of something, and I like I like it's driving me insane. Like I I don't know what. It it's, is. It's like, but you but you're right because like the word mall, like floated into my brain mm. as I was looking at it, and I, like it's like, what logo? What brand? Nice, nice job. Yes, the Bloomingdale's font for sure. I think yeah. it's just like they chose like a basic font that was that's probably available on every copy of like Microsoft Word. Like yeah, or probably. it's in every Photoshop that you can, you know. Yeah. It's a basic font for a basic cover. I don't think sorry, covers I, were I, like sorry. I'm sorry, uh this is a, a dumb comment and you're probably about to say something more engaging, but I do like the idea that like you're making this album cover in like 
the late like like the mid to late two thousand tens are like now in this just impact meme font. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Um well I was just gonna say I feel like a like album covers in the nineties were not like particularly like visually engaging. You know? Um I'm trying to think of any that like really stood out to me. Uh, every Master P No Limit album cover. I'm not familiar with those album covers, but are there oh. multiple album covers for Master P's No Limit? Well, no, No Limit was his label and group. Oh, um, whoops, that shows you how much I know about Master P, my favorite <laughs> rapper of all time. But Chelsea, make them say, uh, truly, he uh, ruined. He. This is such a topic change, but he ruined a song on this album for me because <laughs> of that. <laughs> He ruined it. <laughs> so what you're saying is that for the rest of this episode, I'm, I should randomly interject. Uh, Please don't. I hate it so much. I have no idea what he's doing. It's when you guys are doing plot. Uh, Please don't. No, absolutely not. I, I truly hate the sound he makes. When later, uh, when we're talking about the racist casting agent, uh, interrupt that more serious conversation. Just go. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, I won't do it. Nope, big X. Sanchez, Sanchez is giving that. me a, a hard no. On yeah, that. that's a hard no. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, moving forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess like we, we I kind of hinted at this before, but um, the biggest surprise for me was like again I was expecting mostly like a pop album. Mm-hmm. And what what I was not expecting is just like a real R and B ass R and B album, mm-hmm. like very slow and very sensual, and like all the songs are like longer and slow, you know. Um, and uh, I didn't know how to feel about kind of like the lack of super dancey fast stuff. Mm-hmm. Like like the, the the big hit off this album is No 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 Part Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is definitely like a much faster like let's dance pop song, whereas everything else is like very kind of slow and of the kind of diva sound of the or d- like diva group sound of the nineties. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it kind of like maybe I'd like it more if I listened to it a few more times, but uh, it, yeah, it just didn't like really stand out to me. So uh, a bit of low hanging fruit here, but um, I'm very glad that the chorus of both versions of No 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 were sung by a group of women. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it has aged much better because of that, for sure. Yes, yes. for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, like the song is not about consent or anything like that. It's a song that's about like. You are shy, if you, and if you want me, you need to come over here and talk to me. But um, yeah, like I don't know, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm imagining all the like think pieces written about <laughs> this song if it were done by men, and mm, yeah, I, I am yeah. exhausted by them, even though they don't exist. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to say that any song with the word "no" in it should be sung by a woman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Agreed. It's a, it's a safe, safe bet to make. Yes, we had to learn that lesson the hard way, thanks to Robin Thicke. 
I mean, frankly, we should have learned it a few times over before Robin Thicke. We should have, but that's, like, the most recent, like, big lesson learning that came to mind. I feel like that was a whole year or two of, like, (laughs) people being like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) It was, like, the Robin... I feel like it was the the Robin Thicke thing was the same year as, like, the Miley Cyrus VMA performance. Oh, it was. The one where everyone was like, no, 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 no. Everyone was like, your wife! Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, do you remember? She's in the audience. <laughs> or, I don't know if she was in the audience, but it was like, she's assuredly watching you on TV. <laughs> uh, good times. Oh. <laughs> anyway, to, to to close out our conversation about uh, Destiny's Child, uh, what is our favorite song on this album? Uh, uh, I guess I'll start. Um, it kind of has to be No, 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 part two. Yeah. It's the yeah. same for me. Yeah, although... Yeah. Uh, there's, I have a little bit of a soft spot for uh, the birthday song, whatever it's called. Um, oh, okay. Just, just because a, um, for okay, I hate the birthday, like the actual birthday song. The, like, like not the song. Happy it's... birthday to you, the song. Yes. with the cake. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I I just don't like being like sung at or, like it, it's already bad enough that you're here to like celebrate like me. <laughs> But, but, but like also just like you're, now you're going to like sing at me and put me in the spotlight in a way that like I don't want. So don't like that song. But like, A, I like that this is a birthday song. It's not really about like your birthday so much as it is about like sexy times. Um, but also like I think like this song is kind of practiced for catered to you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not like one of their best singles or anything like that. But like it's it's sort of just like. I, I guess I appreciate the song more from like a more like as an artifact than like as as like a song itself. It's like you're gonna take this idea and you're gonna like develop it way better later on. Mm-hmm. What is your guys' favorite song? Um, I think like Sanchez was saying, I really liked No 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 Part Two. Uh, we all know that Master P ruined with me Part Two, which <laughs> I think if he hadn't been on it, but it had had the same beat. I, that probably would have been my favorite. Um, I also really liked Illusion. I thought that was mm. a good one. Mm. Sanchez? Yeah, just No, No, No Part 2. I mm. I didn't, like, dislike any of the songs. It's just more that, like, I would... Like, they're, I, it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they the made album. the right move. Yeah, just in yeah. general, the album is not, like, something I would return to. Not enough email? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Not Not emo enough. Or sensitive British rock stars. Oh, this is a Radiohead joke. Beep, beep, boop. Beep, boop, beep. Let's talk this about the movie. Radiohead yes. corner. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a quick Radiohead corner. Now let's talk about the movie. Yeah. Carmen, a hip hopera, released May eighth, two thousand and one. Directed by Robert Townsend, who also directed Hollywood Shuffle, Eddie Murphy Raw, Baps, So Good, one of my favorite movies, and also Ten Thousand Black Men Named George which I have not heard of, but Garth loves it. Uh, I don't love it. I just wanted to let the world know that I've seen it and know oh, that I'm better than him. Excuse me. All right. Good Garth job, has Garth. seen it. That, that I saw like some very obscure like made-for-TV movie about the um, organization of the uh, Train Workers Union. Oh, very or, or specifically, cool. Like the, the black employees of that. It, whatever. I've, I've seen the movie. The point is I'm better than you. Very, very good. Garth I'm has so seen glad, Garth. the movie. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. 
kudos to you. Anyway, is that a move- Borat impression? No, I would I never do a Borat just, impression on this. Podcast. I was just following what she was doing. It, it was it from Borat, actually. I don't know. I like this. This year has been very bad for <laughs> my like the way I say things. It's fully just. What a good time to start a podcast. <laughs> No, true. Actually, like the best time. Uh, right. This movie was written by Michael Elliott, who has also written amazing movies such as Like Mike, Brown nice. Sugar, and Just Right. All films that you should definitely see. Unlike <laughs> some people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you seen 10,000 Black Men Named George? No, but I've seen Like Mike. And then go fuck yourself. Oh, my God. Back Thank at you. you. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so we've got starring Mackay Pfeiffer, Beyonce, Most Def, now Yasin Bey. Guest starring Rod Digga, uh, Joy Bryant, Regan Gomez-Preston, who was in Never Die Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyclef Jean, uh, Shad Moss, then Lil Bow Wow. Casey Lee, Jermaine Dupree, DeBrat, Fred Williamson, and more. So many mm. guest stars. Amazing. Lots yeah. of guest stars, Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to do a little, a quick little plot recap. Basically, uh, Carmen Hip Opera is Carmen the Opera, but with an all-black cast, uh, very much like 1954's Carmen Jones with Dorothy Dandridge and Harry Belafonte, but with hip-hop, so not really that much like it, because that movie was Oscar-nominated, and this was made by MTV. This was a hip-opera. <laughs> this was yeah, a hip-opera. Um, So if you don't know the plot of Carmen, you are an uneducated, uncultured fool, like some people we know. I am. I I named a specific person. (laughs) Sanchez is not saying it out of respect to her. Kindness in my heart. I'm refraining from naming names. Um, (laughs) But we're gonna recap the movie. So, so fear not. You will understand all in yes, good time. You will understand. Uh, so in this version of Carmen, our Carmen is Carmen Brown, played by Beyonce, of course. And our Don Jose is Hill, played by Mackay Pfeiffer. And then uh, Yasin Bey, who was then going by Most Def, plays a shakedown, takedown, disrespecting the bad. Whoops. No, I just read that. Sorry. Badge. Yes. <laughs> There's a very long description that Garth has written for basically a cop <laughs> named Lieutenant Miller. I'm sorry. I, I, I can, just, I, I, I it can say it if you don't want to swear. In no, it's not about that. It's just that it was so long. I could, it was like too many words for me. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, he plays I'm, a, I'm a dirty cop. I'm glad to know that seven words is too much for you. It was just, it became a lot. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I was trying to keep a rhythm going and make <laughs> you enough. proud and I failed. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, he plays a dirty cop. A dirty cop named lieutenant miller and early on hill catches miller planting drugs on a little boy little bow wow and that sort of ignites their whole beef that lasts through the whole movie very problematic very yeah. problematic you can't plant drugs on kids no or anyone <laughs> but especially not I, just, I love i love how comedically evil that is too it's so yeah. evil <laughs> he did it so obviously yeah, no, it's 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 wild. All right, yeah, uh, so yeah, if we don't have a time. I'm sorry, we don't have a place to like talk about this later. But I, not only do, does he like plant this plant these drugs on like this little boy, but then they also send this little boy to just like to jail, an, a, like an adult ass prison, <laughs> an adult with, like, prison, prison. Yeah. children in adult <laughs> yeah. prison. Probably one of the more problematic things with this movie. All right, uh, yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, like, this movie has, at best, like, a questionable relationship with just reality in general, but... <laughs> yes, that anyway. is how I would describe that. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, later, they're, um, they're both at a bar, and uh, Carmen walks in. She, uh, she clearly has eyes for Hill, mm-hmm. but Hill is engaged. Mm-hmm. So, she starts a bar fight, and uh, Hill ends up arresting her. However... She talks him into going to her place uh, for, before she goes to jail so she can drop off her ring. You know, very important. <laughs> well, it was uh, her mom's ring. It was her mom's ring. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She can't, you know, take it to jail. She'll never nope. see it again. Um, nope. Anyways, they end up having the sexy times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the next morning, uh, Miller ends up having Hill arrested for aiding and abetting and a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, other stuff um, and sends him to prison. And Carmen mm. is nowhere to be found. Ooh. Ooh just disappeared. Mm. Disappeared. Uh, uh, yes. Anyway, so Hill's in prison and Carmen writes him a letter ex- sort of explaining what happened, <laughs> but also expressing that they are now deeply in love despite having only spent one night together and known each other probably less than 24 hours. Um, but, you know, whatever. They're in love. And then uh, later on, she meets this rapper named Blaze. He is uh, famous and he is our stand-in for Escamillo. And he offers to bring her to L.A. to fulfill her dreams of being an actor. Uh, But she stays behind because she's in love with Hill. But her friends go to L.A. without her. (laughs) Some real Uh, loyalty. Yeah, they're just like, bye. (laughs) Yeah, gotta go. (laughs) Um, So the next day, Hill wakes her up as a surprise. He got in through the front window, which is a very normal and perfectly acceptable thing for a man to do. Um, and somehow he's, like, escaped from jail or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. She, yeah. And so she's like, oh, perfect. Let's go to L.A. Uh, <laughs> um, but he, like, can't do it because he's, like, on parole or something. Yeah. Um, and then um, he ends up punching Miller in a bar. So then the decision is made kind of for them because he doesn't want to go back to jail. So they have to go to L.A. to, like, be free. Yep, they drive to L.A. Um, a h- hilarious montage ensues. Yeah. Um, so Carmen starts going on auditions, um, but she isn't accepted by the racist casting agents. Um, but to be fair, she's also apparently not that great of an actress. Um, and Hill tries to get a job, but he can't because he can't show his ID to anybody for background checks because there's warrants out for his arrest. And the stress causes a ton of friction in their relationship. They're living in this really sucky, like, motel slash apartment thing, which doesn't help. Um, and then Carmen meets up with her friends and they go see a tarot card reader who tells Carmen that she's going to die. The cards do not lie. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, because of said death warning, Carmen decides to live her life. Uh, <laughs> She dumps Hill and gets together with Blade, uh, Blaze, who she's, like, recently reconnected with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then back on the East Coast, Miller is actually feeling a lot of pressure from uh, internal affairs, a.k.a. the Rat Squad. Uh, <laughs> a little Law & Order joke for you people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, they just, he decides he's going to kill Hill, along with, presumably, Bill. And uh, his former partner gives him up, and Miller goes out to L.A., but Hill's former fiance tips um, him off. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at Blaze's concert, Hill confronts Carmen about Miller and Blaze. Uh, but Miller shows up and kills Carmen. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Shoots her in the back. Uh, 
<laughs> Hill ends up throwing uh, Miller off of, like, the rafters in the concert area, and mm-hmm. then um, he's charged with both murders, mm-hmm. um, even though it's probably, you know, pretty easy to prove he didn't do one of them, but, like, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the movie's <laughs> over. The end. Yep. Yay. <laughs> what a Okay, ride. So, two, so two questions right at the top. Yes. Uh, what did we all think of my hilarious Kill Bill joke that I wrote into the plot description? And also, what did we think of the movie? I, I'm so sorry I missed that joke. I definitely thought that the partner's name was Bill. Oh. Totally oh, I just assumed his partner's name was Bill, too. <laughs> uh, but kudos for trying. I love that movie. <laughs> what, 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 what do we all think of the movie? Oh, I mean, like, it's... It's not a good movie, but it is extremely enjoyable. It's a fun yeah. This movie's time. fucking incredible. It's yeah. so of the times. It's so it, and they're doing so many different things with it. It's so wild. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Would highly recommend. Um, it is definitely a very enjoyable ride. Yeah. Yeah. This is a movie that, like, once we're all vaccinated, like, you get a bunch of your friends together. You get some beers, you get some junk food, and then you all just, like, watch it and have a great time. Yes, for sure. It's... Which is what we will be doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. more months. Along with, along with cats. And, <laughs> and... Uh, making Butler watch uh, Soviet Lord of the Rings, obviously. Oh, no. yeah, and that too. It's no. part of the secret plan. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can um... try, but I will escape. <laughs> <laughs> just like Beyonce. Exactly. That's carpet. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but this movie is trash, but it's it's it's, it's incredible trash. Yes, uh, yeah, so good. Yes, uh, and then I guess this is the interesting thing about it too is it's it's one of two all black cast remakes of the opera Carmen, and uh, of course you know there's a lot of big differences. Um, and then for those of you who do not know the plot of the opera, which you should but some of you don't uh the general opera yes, premise some of us don't <laughs> the general opera premise is that don jose is seduced by carmen he abandons his childhood sweetheart and deserts the army only to lose carmen to a famous bullfighter named escamillo and then jose then kills her in a jealous rage and that's basically the plot there's some amazing music uh check it out become cultured get some opera yeah. glasses so, yeah so in, in other words like if this version of carmen was more faithful to the original opera Mackay pfeiffer would have killed beyonce instead of uh the most deaf character mm-hmm. yeah yeah so the, so then the question is like how does this sort of affect our viewing of this version now, now that you know what was supposed to happen yeah i think it's really interesting i think that they the, I, to me, it seems like the reason they probably chose to change that is they wanted to preserve Mackay Pfeiffer's character as being a good guy. Uh, and that's probably, that's I think that's the biggest thing. Like, even though he ends up going to jail, they do sort of preserve him as technically like an innocent or, you know, somebody who's been wronged by various different systems, things like that. Uh, that's the big takeaway I think I get from it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for, for me, it turns uh the the hip hop row mm-hmm. uh into <laughs> like into more of like a morality play and then it does mm. like some sort of like uh meditation on 
well, I, I think nowadays we would call it toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like passion, love, you know, whatever, like mm-hmm. the terms you throw around, you know, back in the, was it like the 1800s when uh, the, the original opera was written? It's something like that. Something along those lines, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like, I'm, I'm not sure it's a change for the better, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like because, changing like, it so yeah, that um, Mackay Pfeiffer doesn't kill her, or change, or yeah, um, yeah. Because like, if if you're going to turn this into a morality play, then like, if you look at like a lot of the morality at play by the standards now, mm-hmm. then it's it's not really <laughs> that complex. Like, you, like the, your love was accidentally killed. Mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. someone else with different interests and not because of like your own machinations or whatever so like it it sort of like renders it not toothless but just sort of i don't know more palatable mm-hmm. which, which which like wasn't really like the point of the opera mm-hmm. right i think you have I mean, a point there about it being more palatable it is like an mtv version after all yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I think that, yeah, um, like what Chelsea was or what Butler was saying earlier, too, about kind of like preserving the like image of um, Mackay Pfeiffer's character um, has a lot to do with that as well. I mean, I think the thing with this movie is that it's like so like unhinged that <laughs> I think either way I would have been fine like <laughs> with that being the ending. Um, but I yeah, I see I see where you all are coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. MTV has definitely designed sort of more complex morality plays. Uh, I'm, of course, referring to, you know, The Challenge or Jer- Jer- Jersey Shore that. or Teen Mom 2. Teen Mom 2. Oh, Next. Very important. Next is a just a moral battleground, really. Like, Yes, truly. You know, when I see a grenade get off the bus mm. and i just yell next i don't know did i do the right thing wow i don't know the questions no no the answer is i did not do the right thing <laughs> i think uh, room raiders also falls into this the morality of going through someone's room while they're not yeah. there yeah. digging through yeah. their things to bring room out the black uh the black light or to not <laughs> you never bring it out <laughs> you never don't bring do it, it. You never bring it out don't do Always it mistakes. you're just gonna feel bad what's about on having- your bed like you, we all know, you know damn well bed. what's on his bed. Just, we know what's on the bed. You're gonna feel bad about having touched the stuff. Don't, don't do it. No. Yes, yeah. But the the point being, <laughs> deep morality, all all across you know, the MTV schedule of the <laughs> early mid two thousands. I well, I was gonna say speaking of the uh, the early two thousands, um, the amount of like Beyonce collaborations that happened in this film, I feel like are very. Like, only could have happened when this film was made for this mm-hmm. film. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, you know, the way we see Beyonce now is just, like, you know, like, it's just, like, she's this, like, unattainable being who, like, mm-hmm. kind of comes down and decides what she wants to do and, like, picks her own stuff. Um, yes. And people to work with. And you either have to be, like, selected by her or just be one of, like, the most famous people on the planet. Yeah. Um, yep. Totally. Yeah. It is a blessing to be chosen. <laughs> yeah, like, she probably wouldn't have collaborated with, like, many of the artists that she performs with in this movie, despite, like, a lot of them being kind of, like, 
at the time at least like big charting artists right mm-hmm. uh, and so like the, the the three or you know big relatively whatever um so yeah this is the only uh scenario in which we get a beyonce and most death collabo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which like you know whether or not that works out like if they were to actually record a song together who knows but like i more just enjoy the idea of like beyonce being cool with like kind of the neo soul people at the time mm-hmm. like you know like your erica badus and your d'angelo's and your jill scott's and all that yeah yeah i, I think she could have like one, one of my favorite beyonce like solo singles is uh me myself and i which i think like fits very well into that kind of mm-hmm. canon and mm-hmm. I, I sort of wonder, like, if she ha- if she had the artistic freedom then that she did now, it's like, is that the kind of music she would do? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and uh, we have Beyonce and Wyclef. You know, yes. So they mm-hmm. they collaborate on the Destiny's Child album, mm-hmm. but like never solo, I believe. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. That what is what a does the scene too? Beyonce and Wyclef yes, uh, as tarot yes. card reader. Oh, yeah, so Wyclef yeah, is the tarot card reader. Fantastic. So yeah. good. You couldn't have picked anybody else from the cast. I don't think it was. It was a very solid choice. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. Genuinely great casting on the movie's part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Every guest star that they picked is really, really solid choice. Um, the only, I think, the only person who could have been a better tarot card reader would have been Erica Badu. <laughs> That would have been a really good choice. Oh, man. That, that would have been really good. Oh, man. She probably would have bought some better tarot cards with her. I'm sure she has amazing decks. I'm like, sure she has her own, yeah. She probably has her own outfit. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, missed opportunity right there. Good try, MTV. <laughs> One-upping everywhere yeah. I go. <laughs> also, for the sake of self-indulgence, I have written Beyonce and Rod Digga. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we all familiar with Rod Digga yes. as a as an artist? I don't I don't think so. Uh She was she was a rapper. Like she never really like had like a big famous career, but okay. like if you were kind of paying attention to hip hop at the time, you might have known about her. She's okay. very great. Yeah. Uh, and an underrated artist and I would have loved a Beyonce Rod Digga collab. I still would. Frankly. I think that would be mm-hmm. cool. I'm sort of familiar with her. I think I'm probably the song I listen to the most that she's on is probably the remix of Touch It. But I have I'm familiar with some of her other work as well. Uh, I know her from the Reflection Eternal album "Train of Thought." I'm um, good. They know so much where, about music. Where uh, she is on the song "One Two Three Four uh, by Reflection Eternal, which is Talib Kweli <laughs> and uh, High Tech, featuring Rodiga and Exhibit. Oh, okay. That is wow. impressive. It um, sounds like a very good song. We all yeah, love yeah, Exhibit. We do. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's, Talk about it's, it's MTV. Good work. <laughs> yeah, that, that song's actually like a good workout playlist song. But I'll, I'll I bet it, it is. Um, I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, moving on, uh, questionable lyrics. Ah, so many, <laughs> so many. Oh so, um, I would say that like the rapping. So, I mean, we haven't really said this, but like, well, I mean, it should have been obvious that Carmen, a hip hopera, features a lot of. It, it, it's not an opera; it's a musical. And uh, all the songs in it are rap songs. And I would say, like, the rapping is, like, surprisingly not shit. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, like, they they bother with, like, interior rhymes and, like, a lot of the kind of more technical rapping that uh, a lot of, like, 
when you do like a rap song and a, a musical or whatever, like most don't bother with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, there's still a, a, a questionable line or two or <laughs> how many do we have? One, two, three, four, five. And that's, that's um, five, like prime ones. There's so many. Yeah, there were, there yes. were a lot. <laughs> so now let us, let us dissect these lyrics. Oh, um, uh, slicker than a porpoise and thicker than a horse's. Just the, incredible. Truly. Yes, if, if, thing, like black. Now, as women, uh, if you were Uh-oh. approached in a bar by a, a young man and uh, he said this to you, uh, how would you react? It would be a hard no. Hard I agree. No. no emoji. Just the big old X. Nope. Sorry, uh, bo- both sir. of the Chelsea's are currently doing uh, X <laughs> hand gestures with their arms, which you cannot see, you listening audience. <laughs> Just know that's what we're doing um, every time we do a hard no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh no, just don't don't compare me to animals. Yeah, it's weird. Not a not good. No, don't do mm-hmm. it. You're cute like an otter. No. no, otters are very sexually aggressive. <laughs> it's not a great comparison. Otters are feisty. You know, yeah, they don't want you to mess with them. Yeah. Okay. And porpoises like. <laughs> Aren't dolphins, like, also one of the few animals that, like, rape? Yes, they do. (laughs) It's just... No, don't... Not good. Mm -mm. I also don't like the word slick. No, slick is gross. Mm -mm. Also, thicker than a horse is, is a very weird rhyme. Should be noted, but isn't Beyonce the one who raps this, by the way? I don't... I I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, no, this is is something she is saying about herself. But do I think she wrote this for herself? No. No, <laughs> no she, she did not write like... I'm just saying, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, wouldn't leave you in Berlin in post-war <laughs> Germany. <laughs> yeah, I remember this one. I was like, did he seriously say that? Very yeah, like, weird. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's like, my main objection to this one, is it's not like it's, like, a terrible, like, you, you know, it's subjective whether or not you think that's a bad line or not, but... It is. It's just a very strange thing to say to someone. It's, <laughs> it's really it's weird. Like an, e- even in the context of a rap. It's like, an interesting, like, historic poll. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, because I, I feel like also, like, things from the early 2000s were like, I don't know. I'm not, I, I shouldn't generalize and say that people were, like, said more weird things about, like, Berlin <laughs> and post-war Germany. But I do recall a scene in um the beginning of baby geniuses too, super babies where one of the babies like climbs over the berlin wall get out are you serious yes yes, yes we watched this movie together i don't know butler doesn't butler refuses to participate in these bad movie escapades you know for some reason i wonder why listen you do a lot of like look who's talking or and then there's like the baby geniuses and then you got soviet uh lord of the rings and then yeah. there's like i don't know i can't i feel like i could keep going but like i don't you know there was the the uh, the musical the uh green day musical like come on oh <laughs> yes yes the off-broadway production of a um the green day musical american idiot american idiot thank you um uh, from a camcorder it's too much for me <laughs> incredible it's too much <laughs> yeah but okay but to go back to that line though yeah uh imagine a scenario a young man approaches you this is going to be the same scenario <laughs> a, a, a young man approaches you he says uh, 
he basically he finds you so attractive that he would not leave you in a war-torn uh city <laughs> i mean thanks i guess <laughs> i would still say bye-bye yeah. oh <laughs> that's a good that's the, a whole the, the, the hard no's have come back <laughs> yeah hard no emoji yeah <laughs> all right uh Next line, fat burger type probably got a bun in your belly. I fucking love this line. I thought that was really funny, and I was like, wow, what a diss from a friend. To say, like, the only reason you're with this guy is I think you're pregnant. It's incredible. But it's also, like, burgers, buns, buns and bellies. So many meanings. There's is she pregnant? Did she eat a hamburger? We'll never yeah. know. Yeah, I I also file this under like not necessarily a bad line. Yeah. Uh, but just a, a strange thing to say to your friend if you're trying to justify why they won't impulsively move out to California with the, a rapper you just met. I know, yes. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> very funny. No, it's super weird. Uh... Yeah, but um, imagine a scenario: uh, a young man approaches you in a bar. <laughs> Already, the hard no, yeah, no. Don't talk about my no. size. Sir, no, get out of here. Back to your table. Mm -mm. Leave the bar. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Songs you got me singing like my name is Bobby Blue Bland. Or maybe Sam because the game you're playing baby Toucan. (laughs) Toucan Sam. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, is that what they're... uh, Yep, Sam says it's got it. Oh wow! Now, cool that's a whole thing. reference. What, what what I like about this one, like yes, Baby Blue Bland was an actual you know singer and band leader. Uh, so what I like about this one is so the scenario is that Mackay Pfeiffer and Beyonce are like having a really intense argument, mm-hmm. and like I just like the idea that like if I'm having like a potentially relationship ending argument with my partner, I would just yell at them like just. Comparing them to Toucan Sam. <laughs> yes. You two can do this like Sam. Uh, yeah, this uh, that was a weird one. <laughs> yeah, they they can't all be winners. No, um, you know. No. You try yeah. your best. A young man approaches you in a bar. Uh, he compares you to Toucan Sam. Again, no animals. <laughs> I mean, if no, he brings me a box of cereal, then, you know. Okay, so that's a hard no from Butler and we'll a not see. necessarily hard no from we'll Sanchez. I don't trust you know. from strangers. No. Well, what if it was an, an unopened box of cereal? We can't trust. Might have shrimp tails in it. Of, yeah, thank you. We can't trust unopened boxes of cereal anymore. Fair. Fair. Yeah. We all remember that meme. Yeah. In in May when you are listening to this. <laughs> or... Yeah, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. A solid one. I, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't. I don't take things from strangers in bars unless I watch them being made. I don't Good policy. I've... Yeah. Um, finally, sweating like Patrick Ewing. I read this. I don't recall the context from when it, once it came, but I like it and I think it's funny. It was it's like from a the, like, beginning song, I think, right? I think so. Which also doesn't make sense because like, I don't know why you'd want to be like, so sweaty like someone who's playing like professional sports well i think it was like <laughs> but... you're so hot that you're making me sweat so much right wasn't that the context i, th- I think so that sounds correct um, scenario yes weird and a young man approaches you in a bar he says you got me sweating like patrick ewing 
Okay, not bad. A, a hard no from Sanchez and a not hard no from Butler. I think yes. I'd be like, tell me more. And then probably later be like, no, nah, goodbye. Okay. Well, that was fun. There are some questionable lyrics in yes. this movie. <laughs> um, another thing that was pretty questionable, um, and by questionable, I mean fantastic, <laughs> was the, <laughs> the like, escape. <laughs> Sorry. They like when they're escaping to Los Angeles and it's like this green screen, like insane <laughs> sequence of like just the weirdest shit happening. Um yes. like I don't even know where how to start describing it. I mean, like, okay, so they're in a car, they take turns driving. It's very important that they show the fact that they take turns and that they're sleeping while the other person is driving. <laughs> yeah. Gotta gotta show that we're being safe. And I guess we got to show that they can't stop anywhere, I guess is the idea. Yeah. Like, you don't see them, like, stop and go to a motel or anything. And I guess behind them, it's sort of supposed to be, like, showing that the fact that they're driving across country. It was very hard to, like, focus (laughs) on the images that were happening behind them, to be honest. Because I was just so perturbed by, like, everything that was going on. Yeah, uh, no, it's, like, it's very distracting. Yes. Yeah, I remember, like, when Mos Def is talking, there's just, like a brick like wall of police sirens behind him yes well it's like one police siren right that gets like smushed and then just becomes many police sirens until it's like a grid (laughs) yes sirens behind him while he's talking about them leaving like yes yeah it's super super weird um i think probably one of my favorite parts of the movie though i will be honest yeah (laughs) it was yeah I, i mean like i don't know like like what makes it stand out is that, like, the movie hasn't really been, like, that stylized yeah. up until this point. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's like, a pretty, like, despite, like, the hip-hop numbers, like, there's just, like, a, it's just, like, a very kind of standard-looking movie, and then all of a sudden we get, like, this psychedelia green screen stuff. Yeah. It looked like something from, like, you know, that would be playing in, like, the background of, like, a karaoke video <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, it did feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, tr- yeah there's, this, right. there's a lot of use of this weird green screen because there's also the song that Beyonce sings with her friends and there is yes. sort of like a green it's sort of a music video in front of green screen situation uh <laughs> yeah this is 2001 so we like we, we still thought that like this kind of green screen looked good <laughs> it does not it, it yeah it, it really doesn't it no. well. it's so funny yeah. but now it looks like hyper real <laughs> like, like now it's art uh, yes yeah you, you look at that sequence and think like hi art this is way ahead of its time yeah, yeah this, this is, belongs in the mobile <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah this sequence is goddamn incredible yeah, yeah. and then of course no, they end up in la yeah uh so yeah like uh we want to talk about this movie's vision of la uh so <laughs> You know, like, they do, like, the standard, like, montage of L.A. stuff, but that montage does not include, like, the usual kind of highlights of Los Angeles that people want want to see when they visit. So, like, there's no Walk of Fame and there's no Hollywood sign or anything like that. Yep. Um, it, it does have Rodeo and, mm-hmm. like, some of the stores, but then, like, that's followed up. It's, like, shot of the Louis Vuitton store, shot of Chanel store, and then shot of Johnny Rockets. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. just like oh, yeah. random stores in like strip malls 
hilarious. It's, uh, I think that the utility from it is probably the idea that they're supposed to be driving through and like, there's Rodeo Drive, which is what you expect of LA. And then you start getting to like worse and worse parts of LA and that's where they end up living. But, but this is something Garth and I were talking about. It is actually a sort of a hilariously accurate portrayal of actual LA. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like here's the thing. If you've never been to Los Angeles, like the great lie of Los Angeles is that there are things for tourists to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are things that we were, yes. And sort of like not prepared, but also sort of prepared for the audition scene with Beyonce. Yes. And the exceedingly racist casting director lady. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, to be fair, Beyonce's acting in that scene was not good. But I think that was sort of the point. You know, she's a new actress. She's getting out there. She's been living in Philly her whole life. It looks like she's been learning how to act from books specifically, which is not really what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take classes, I believe. And uh, she's up there. She's doing her thing. And the woman says, can you do it more of like a shenane thing? She was like, what? And I was also like, what? (laughs) She I, also does, like, outright say blacker. She does say, can you yeah. be a blacker? And I was like, oh, I see how this is going to be. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not a good scene. It's sad. But it's also a very accurate reflection of what a lot of uh, actors of color have to go through. Sucks. Yeah, and it's it's also a good kind of continuance of Robert Townsend's work from mm-hmm. uh, The Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those of you who have not seen Hollywood Shuffle, uh, it's a movie... Uh, it's from the 80s. He financed it entirely through credit cards. Interesting. That, that's a thing you can go read about. It. Um, but yeah, it, it's sort of about a, a black actor sort of struggling with the morality of uh, taking a role that's a stereotype. And it's a very kind of early dig at like how racist like a lot of like casting and really Hollywood in general is. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny. Go watch The Hollywood Shuffle. Um yeah, it's but yeah, great. Um, yeah. I, I I like the sort of lack of filter on the racism <laughs> in this. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and like I, I feel like a lot of people would have probably taken it as a joke back in like the early two thousands because like this seems exaggerated along with like the rest of the movie how racist this lady is. But yeah. no, not really. Yeah, and I thought mm-hmm. one of the interesting things also about it was um the way that the casting is sort of presented it's a bunch of women crowded in like a dark hot looking room you know all trying to practice and like kind of eyeing each other and i think that that's not something that's very well advertised that that's what like getting into acting is like it's a lot of like you go to a huge casting with a bunch of people that are up against it for the same like small role you go in and you have like almost no time to make an impression and usually the casting director is very curt and kind of rude and they're getting you in and out because they got to get moving. Uh, so it was good to see like what felt like a sort of an accurate, an accurate portrayal of a lot of castings. Yeah. yeah, It is like the one bit of social commentary in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they well, did okay, it too, actually. actually. They made a lot of choices with this movie that I was a little on the fence about, especially the like choosing to have him not uh, kill Carmen. But this mm-hmm. one, I was glad that they included. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, you could arg- also argue that this movie is very kind of anti-cop. Um, but mm-hmm. it, that all that stuff seems, like, a bit silly because, again, the portrayal of the intricacies of the judicial system in this movie are... <laughs> 
a bit untethered. Children in jail. Yeah. <laughs> it just says Children... small child to jail. I don't remember pr- how old Bow Wow was. Like, I don't remember how old Bow Wow was at the time. I know that like for a long time I was very confused about how old he was because he was like on the shorter side for a while, but I'm pretty mm. sure he was like maybe twelve or something. He like, was yeah, I mean he was like a, a little boy yes. who went to adult jail. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, to be fair, is not something that, like, that does happen sometimes, and it's, like, really fucked up. Um, yeah. Like, 12 might be a little young, but, like, 14-year-olds get, you know, sent to adult prison. And, yeah. um... Yeah, this is yeah. clearly, like, a child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's just, like, yeah. that scene in jail where he's, like, they're, like, reading the letter together, and he's just, like, like hanging out in jail, like... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, like, this tiny child is, like, out and, like... Like the, the yard <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean i like the audition scene is weird too because it's like i think like one of the more serious scenes too mm-hmm. and like like the things that are happening in the scene are like you know like serious things that might actually happen um and it's yeah i mean it's just like it's kind of it's kind of interesting that they included this when like the rest of the movie is just so yeah like kind of un like ridiculous yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i think you're totally right just just like every other part of this movie like takes place in some sort of like unreality except yeah. for this one except scene. for this one scene yeah <laughs> yeah like, like yeah just like or, or like i guess like i don't know like what we what we should have said in like the like the code of the los angeles section is like this is also the most accurate portrayal of los angeles in a movie but also <laughs> yeah like this like that and like this scene are like the only things that like are in any way grounded like yeah yeah the judicial system no the the fucking rap concert which we're not going to talk about but <laughs> that, that was ridiculous yes um well also the the like the tarot card thing where it's like you're going to die and then like yeah <laughs> mysticism like is real in this movie the funny yeah. thing about that though is like i like how they just stroll across the street and there's a casually a tarot card store because that's also very authentically yeah. la <laughs> yeah, every that's street corner yeah, has a tarot card reader <laughs> and they all look like that it's such an accurate storefront for a tarot card reader <laughs> shop in la yeah like every like block in la like one tarot card yes one dry cleaner one kind of like liquor store one check cash place maybe yeah one payday loan uh-huh yeah, yeah. M- at a minimum very funny yeah i would that sounds right (laughs) yeah you're you're in that you're in that strip mall and then you take a right and you're in like an extremely wealthy neighborhood yep and and los angeles does not make any sense no yeah no um (laughs) very confusing yeah um but uh yeah i I guess like the one thing I, i do want to emphasize is um I think throughout this season, the three of us are probably going to be a, a, a bit more critical of Beyonce's acting. Mm. Uh, and I want to point out uh, when she does a good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think her like her fake bad acting in the audition scene is genuinely kind of incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It yeah. was good. It was funny. It was. Um, I, I think it's so interesting, especially for her first role. Um, she has to portray good acting and then she has to portray bad acting and she has to do both of them well. <laughs> I imagine that that's yeah. kind of got to be really weird for like any actor, but especially if this is your first big role, like, your, I mean, your first role at all, that's got to be such an yeah. awkward thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, like yeah. It, it's it's sort of hard to tell like in this movie in particular like who is acting well and who is acting not because it's just so kind of like a, a whirlwind. Yeah. Of this, this but, but like this one scene is like man that is some really good like fake bad acting like she's <laughs> smiling way too much the entire time and and like yeah putting like weird emphasis on like the wrong words and like it, it, it's it's really great bad acting or, or fake bad acting yeah yeah she does a really good job with like body language um and like communicating that she like isn't comfortable and is like yeah like yeah exactly um yeah, yeah. good for beyonce yes good job yeah we, we, we are sorry Bayhive ahead of time <laughs> but but you know what like uh being honest about uh the flaws of our favorite artists is a is healthy behavior it is healthy uh, it is be more especially healthy. in as it's as it's becoming increasingly clear that we have an incredibly unhealthy relationship with fame and famous <laughs> people but yeah maybe it's better that we take kind of a step back and realize that these people are flawed and yeah. like you know all of us here are massive Beyonce fans. Yes. Uh, and uh, but you know the, the movies are you know maybe a weak spot in her career, and it's fine. <laughs> Beyonce is still great. Yes, she is still yes. great. Yes. Um, what was not so great in this movie, though, I think was the fashion. Sanchez, bite your tongue. Oh, okay. Listen, Sanchez, what did you think? It is so 2001. <laughs> like is. I. We've talked a lot about Y2K fashion. Yes. Um, we talked a lot about it last season, but I feel like this movie really had like all of the, you know, all of the hits, right? Yes. We have bucket hat. Oh, yeah. We have fedoras. Yes. We have like large glasses with like bejeweled like things in the corners. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, Sean John tracksuits. Uh, yes. Amazing. <laughs> We have, I wrote in the outline, Dodge Durango, which is obviously not fashion, but... <laughs> but was trendy. I don't know. I think you could maybe argue. Yes. It was an accessory in was, many ways, yeah. right? Yes. It was I mean, trendy. that was like the SUV for 16-year-olds <laughs> at the time. Um, very important. Very iconic. Um, yeah. There's this one look in particular that I, I we must discuss, which is... The like ultra low rise jeans. Oh man! Um, that Beyonce wears them at some point. They're like denim patchwork, ultra low rise jeans with a sparkly belt and an yes. asymmetrical tank tank top. Yes, I remember this moment so well. She comes into the motel in that outfit, and I was just wow. The nostalgia for how much I wanted those jeans at the time. What I would have given <laughs> for those low rise patchwork jeans with some shimmer. And yes, the asymmetrical tank top. That's all I wanted. Yeah. All yeah. I wanted. <laughs> Me too. That's all and I, I would just like to say that you know, I know very little about fashion. Uh, and I assume that everything has like a very specific name that I don't know about. So the fact that Sanchez just wrote sparkly belt <laughs> into the outline. <laughs> very, like, oh, know. okay. So like, there isn't a name. It's just called a sparkly belt. It's a sparkly cool. belt. It is. Yeah. I think if you want to get more specific, I feel like she had like, it was a rhinestone belt, but like, yeah, like sparkly belt. Yes. That's the important thing was the sparkles. I assumed it was going to be called like sparklet or something like oh. that. Oh. <laughs> Look, no. we can't all be like Miranda Priestley, okay? I don't know all the words <laughs> for fashion things. I don't think it had a specific, like a specific name uh, that I can think of, but I did want one so bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like chunky belts were kind of a thing at the time and I was really oh, yeah. into them. 
Oh, I mm-hmm. was also really into motorcycle jackets like Blaze has on. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. I, all I wanted were those jackets. I like every artist that I really liked had them. And I saw them in movies all the time. Like, I think at the time I'd maybe seen Biker Boys too early as a child. <laughs> and I loved all of the biker looks. Like, ooh, I wanted one of those motorcycle jackets so bad. But I also really wanted like a silver Suzuki Ninja motorcycle. <laughs> mm. Fair. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Very much a a pre Kanye movie. <laughs> it is very yes. Kanye. Well, yeah. Speaking of pre Kanye things, um, the like puffy vest. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> the like bright yellow puffy vest. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Yeah. Just and he, I think he's also wearing like a t shirt, just like a white t shirt underneath it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think his bandana Incredible. matches the vest. He's got on a yellow bandana yes. tied around his head. It was yes. like. And it's like hot out. That that was the weird thing about like this time period. Just puffy vests even in the summer. Like what? Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Did not make sense. Yeah. Uh, and then our favorite part, of course, like the sexy flip flops. Oh my mm. god. <laughs> Just incredible. I truly mean... like <laughs> there's the shot when like it's 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 Beyonce uh trying to seduce Mackay Pfeiffer and She's, like, been taking all this time in her room and, to me, was very obviously changing clothes because, like, what else are you doing that takes that long? And he busts into her room and she's laid out on her bed in this very bad-looking lingerie. But first, the first reveal is it starts at her feet in rhinestone (laughs) flip-flops. Very clearly meant to be sexy shoes. But one, who wears shoes in bed, especially flip-flops? Two, why? Why start at the feet? Like, what? so weird. It's so odd. Yes. <laughs> why not start like with her face and work your way down to like the knees? What? Why the feet? Yeah, it's such a weird choice, and it's again, it's like super distracting because she's wearing flip flops in bed. Yes, like to be sexy. Rhinestone covered flip flops, which were very of the time. Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> they were, and I, I want to. I couldn't see the bottom, but I'm assuming they were platform. Oh, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Because I was surprised mm-hmm. that it wasn't more of a heel. I was just so stuck on the flip flop, but I bet you they were yeah. platform. Oof. I bet. I bet they were. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. It's truly, like just ungodly, like awful. All of her lingerie yeah. was bad too, though. Like everything it was she really wore bad. those flip flops was not good. Yeah. yeah. No, it was not a good look. No. Mm-mm. Not worth going to jail for. No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so it's ultimately probably the moral of this movie that she was not worth going to jail for yep yeah oh man oh man maybe you should you know know somebody for more than 24 hours probably yes. a good idea yes uh so i do believe it is segments time yay <gasps> very exciting to come back to our segments uh, as usual, we will begin with my nitpick corner, uh, as you all know. Which I'm now. sure was very challenging, because there's nothing to nitpick <laughs> in this movie. No, of course not. There's nothing to nitpick at all. This movie was just perfection. Uh, but no, as everybody, I think, knows now, I can probably nitpick anything to death, and oh, do I have yeah, some it's, it's not like we just spent, like, five minutes talking about flip-flops. Or like... <laughs> the flip-flops were egregious, okay? You they were. I completely agree. Bed. You don't wear shoes. Yeah. I don't really wear shoes in the house. Like, yeah. So, no, I just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> unacceptable unacceptable um but because we have a whole fashion section i did not nitpick the clothes because we already did that instead i have different nitpicks 
The okay. first one was uh, she's in the club with Blaze and they're sitting together and she puts like her drink down in the club where just anybody can get to it. And as any mm. body, but especially any woman knows, you do not abandon a drink in a club. And once you do, that drink is gone. You do not go mm-hmm. back for it. Leave it. Yeah. You get a new drink. Bad move. Yeah, that that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and I do fair. feel like by this time we had learned this lesson. So she should not have done that. It was not good. Um, next one. There is a scene where she is in a bathtub. And I presumably in the apartment that Blaze is paying for for her friends uh, to live oh, in. Yeah. And she's wearing earrings and full makeup. And I was just like, come on. Like, wasn't it bad enough last season we had to see someone shower in earrings and a necklace? But like, who wears hoop earrings in the tub? Yeah. like and i don't know full makeup like maybe she's gonna wash it off but i doubt it like it was just a lot Mm-mm. yeah no. uh, garth ginsburg does <laughs> good for you garth. um next thing is uh blaze tells her to get rid of the outfit she had picked out uh to wear to the concert because he's going to send her an outfit this is a bad move on Blaze's part. You don't send clothes. You're always going to get something <laughs> wrong, whether it be the size or the style. Don't send clothes. I like that these nitpicks, like, they're slightly elevated above nitpicks. Like, this is just general good life advice from the <laughs> nitpick corner this, this time is, around. Yeah. Uh, don't wear earrings in the bathtub. Don't give women clothes. Don't leave your drink in the club. Don't leave like, your drink in the club. Yes. It's just, people were making a lot of bad life choices. That's what the, the nitpicks are, I guess. Like, <laughs> I feel like earrings, if there's just such a high chance that they're going to fall and, like, go down a drain or something or somehow get ruined or you're going to prick yeah. yourself with them. Just jewelry in bath situations is not advised, I feel like. Jewelry and water? Bad. We're doing no. A hard X. We're doing no hard to this. No. All right. <laughs> We've all seen that clip of keeping up with the Kardashians. Uh, listen, Kim lost thousands of dollars worth of diamond earring in that ocean. No jewelry and water. <laughs> no jewelry and water. I mean, come on. Unacceptable. Uh, anyway, so my last nitpick is, uh, a co- is sort of a commentary on the relationship between Beyonce and her friends. I did early on call the fact that I didn't think she was going to have female friends because who shows up mm. as a woman to a bar alone in that sexy dress? Like, you mm-hmm. usually show up as a group, even mm-hmm. if it's, like, a mix of guys and girls. You don't usually just show up to a bar alone dressed up like that to, like, have drinks alone, I feel like. It's usually much more of a, like, low-key kind of thing. So I was like, okay, I don't think that this woman has female friends, especially the way she's treating other women at the bar. Like, who goes and hits on somebody's boyfriend in front of them? Not someone who has a lot of other girlfriends, I don't think. And true to form, it turns out that her girlfriends are not that great friends because they leave her. They know her dream is to go to L.A. and they leave her in Philly to go to L.A. with a stranger. They get on his plane. They don't know him. Like, and they are living there with him. And I honestly, like, my assumption is he's got to be sleeping with one of them because why else is he putting them up in an apartment and taking them for shopping in Rodeo every day? Hmm. Hmm, something weird's Sus, going on yep. there. And then you're going to come disgusting. in and you're going to like kick whoever it is out, I guess, and like take their place in the group. I don't know. It was a really weird situation. <laughs> the vibe is very weird with whatever was going on there. Yeah, the vibe yeah. was real off. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not good. Yeah. Mm-mm. Plus, it's like her friend is the one who was really into Blaze and she goes in yeah. there and she takes Blaze. Not cool. Why yeah. do you do that to your friend? Yeah. Bad friend move. No. It, you got to just abandon the boy. He's not yeah. worth it. If your friend liked him and he's into you instead, you abandon him. Yeah. The boy is not mine. (laughs) 
I just, I don't know, maybe I was also looking for, like, her express permission to be like, yes, I am over it. You can have him if he's into you. There's, like, there's yeah. gotta be a conversation. Yeah. We just never saw it. No, I guess not. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's my nitpick corner. Thank you for joining. Now. Very informative. and. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you liked it. Uh, yes. But now we move on to Sanchez's butthole and X thing corner. Sanchez? Yeah, I, I, I fucked up in the outline. Uh, <laughs> I, would like, I would like it, uh, for the record, uh, this should have been called Sanchez's butthole and thick horse corner. Uh, uh, mm. I, I apologize for not writing that into the outline for Fair. Butler to say. Uh, That's okay. I will say it. It is the Sanchez's butthole and thick horse corner. That is excellent. Pretty good. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It's time for Sanchez's butthole and thick horse corner. Um, my corner is uh, once again going to be a question posed to the group. But mm-hmm. um, if you may recall, um, Butler had previously addressed why Beyonce wore earrings and makeup in the bathtub <laughs> at her friend's house. My question to you all is... Um, so Beyonce took a bath at her friend's house, which is weird. Yeah. But um, right as she was getting out of the bathtub, the like stereo system like fell and fell in the tub. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So my question to the group is, is this movie actually just like the original Final Destination? <laughs> mm. uh, that is so funny and interesting. You know what? I, I don't remember what year Final Destination comes out, but I would say that if this is before it, this is definitely a precursor. There, It starts to become a whole thing about, like, fate, which is something that they sort of actually take from the opera, which I thought was an interesting choice on their part. Mm. And you're right, she she starts to get, like, a I've got to, like, you know, escape death sort of thing, or, like, I've got to, like, live my life until death catches up to me, and that does feel very Final Destination. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like the prediction and then it like the failed death thing where it's, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like death is like a thing that's like following her around. Yeah. And then she dies at the end. She does. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) I feel like if it was truly Final Destination, like she would have died in that bathtub, right? Well, no, because sometimes they like escape the death and then the death, like death, like skips them. And then so then everyone else has to like die Mm -hmm. and then it's their turn again. Got it. Okay, I've, I've, I have not seen a Final Destination movie. Um, I feel so what? I've wow. seen... I, 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 th- you... I thought it was all about, like, let's think of, like, the most elaborate ways to for someone to die and well, then just, like, okay. do I that. mean, also, yes. There is but... also that. I, I have seen the first one and I think maybe the second one. I, I know the first one has Sean William Scott, so I know that's the one I've for sure seen. And I think if I remember right, sometimes you do get faked out. And it's like yeah. death sort of playing with you, be like, "Oh, you could have died. I'm coming. Don't forget." So I, th- I think I think it's a bit of that uh, happening. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I just assume okay. you've seen all movies, Garth. I, you know. I mean, yeah. After all, you saw the thing about the train union, so yeah, you know, yeah. Well, shocker uh, that you haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, you add it to the list with like Mike. High art. <laughs> and final destination double feature (laughs) could you imagine (laughs) that would be such a weird night (laughs) 
if it wasn't directed by David Lynch, chances are I have not oh seen it. Oh god. Oh my god. I'm, I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> no, I know. Although I would like to see the David Lynch directed version of Like Mike or Final Destination, but I feel like Final Destination feels more his vibe, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Good questions all around. Yeah. Um, that's that's what the butthole corner is for. It is. Um, yeah, so sorry. The... Going into the deep stuff. To make you think, yes. <laughs> deep stuff like a butthole. Exactly. <laughs> I was waiting Good job. for someone to hop on that exactly. one. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Sanchez, so much, as always. Of course. Great. Yes, Anytime. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Now, so next is where we talk about um, how did our subject do? So this season, we're going to say, did Beyonce slay? As in, was she the best part of the movie? I'll start. Okay. Um, Thank you, Gar. I'm going to go no. Ah, okay. Uh, I think that the best part of this movie, or at least from like an acting standpoint, was probably most deaf. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, just a cartoonishly evil character <laughs> True. played in a very kind of cartoonishly evil way. Mm-hmm. And also just, yeah, just kind of like the casualness of which most deaf does these like horrible <laughs> planting drugs on a, on a fucking child yeah. and like the stuff he says at like bars and stuff. Yeah. He, he's yeah. very hateable in this movie. Um, he yeah. is. He's very easily hateable. Um, yeah. Most deaf future subject of this podcast. <laughs> I have anything to say about it, but um, it's good, yeah. Uh, yeah. For for me, it's it's most deaf. Um, I think that's an interesting, okay. solid choice. I would also say I think no, but I will give her the caveat that I think she's did a really good job for a first movie. I thought she's really trying, and you're right, Garth. I love the that she played the comedy of the bad acting scenes so well. You know, it, it seems like she's really putting a lot of effort. And there are some scenes where she's doing a really good job. Um, but I think that for me, it's actually Mackay Pfeiffer. I thought he did a really good job. His rapping mm. is kind of meh. But, you know, it's... That's the, like that's not really where he's doing like the majority of his acting in the rapping scenes. I actually didn't think he was that bad yeah. at rapping. Um, in fact, he, he did surprisingly. I, I mean, I, I don't know if Mackay Pfeiffer has a music career on the side or anything like that, uh, but I'm assuming not. Uh, and for for an actor to like do rapping, it's like it was, it was actually fairly decent. Yeah, and then does he rap mm-hmm. in Eight Mile? I forget. I don't remember uh, either. I wasn't sure. I was gonna. That's why I wanted to ask because I wasn't sure if like is this getting ready for wrapping in Eight Mile or not. Right. But to me, it also it's, it's seems been too like, long since I've seen Eight Mile. Uh, yeah. I, it's like I know he's yeah. the friend, but I can't remember if he actually gets up there and does any real rapping. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, because I know Anthony Mackie does, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Something to revisit potentially. You mean the Falcon? <laughs> yes, I do mean the Falcon. Yes. <laughs> Good yeah. show, Sanchez. Um. It's okay. I also didn't really think that Beyonce slayed. Um, I think she did a pretty good job. Um, I'd say probably... I think Most Def is probably the best person doing acting in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the best part of the movie is the green screen <laughs> um, sequences. It's it, Yeah, I mean, the, that green screen is like a character in a way, you know? Wow. <laughs> God damn it. It's hilarious. Uh, Okay. Uh, New question for the season. Is Mm -hmm. 
single ladies the greatest music video of all time garth <laughs> uh i'm glad you asked uh it is a very good music video but i would argue that it is not the greatest video of all time wrong it is the best the dancing the outfits the impact it has had on society sanchez this is true thank you facts thank you single ladies is in fact the greatest music video thank of all you. time garth is not correct you are incorrect mm. sir yeah yes i was not expecting this to be a, a point of contention <laughs> <laughs> oh weren't you I, 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 I sort of thought that you guys would probably be able to think of music videos you liked more than the single ladies video but nope nope greatest video of all time greatest the greatest forever and ever uh yeah. and now our fun segment we will rotate segments in this time period uh for every episode and this week's is going to be our favorite song from the hip hopera uh, and I'll actually start if that's okay with everybody. I went with the song that is called Cali Dreams, Cali Girl Dreams, which is the song that Beyonce sings with her friends, uh, with like the green screen and everything where they're talking about like, why won't you come out to LA with us? I thought it was really funny. It was the, I think it's the first time they used the green screen in the movie. So it really surprised me that they have like a little music video moment. And, uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was like kind of silly and fun and I enjoyed it. Yes, uh, my pick is also Cali Girl Dreams. Nice. <laughs> um, I I liked the outfits that they are wearing. <laughs> so okay, okay, so it's like to describe the sequence in the movie, uh, it's kind of like a fantasy sequence, really. Like mm -hmm. like they're basically like just straight up doing a like a rap video in front of a green screen, and they're all wearing like very rappery outfits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good outfits. Uh, <laughs> particularly Beyonce when she is rapping about um pork belt or fat burger um or yes. I, I don't know if she's the one who says it but like i thought rod Diggo was the one that says the fat burger line yeah. uh yeah but yeah very solid bandana um you know <laughs> amongst other things but yeah uh the video is great mm -hmm. um the mention of roscoe's great yep. which is a very good restaurant that is very good <laughs> And uh, yeah, just very, 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 very silly. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. Sanchez? Yeah, I unfortunately have to agree. So this will not be the most interesting segment, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just the most fun by far. Um, and the green screen is great. Yes. Um, honestly, if you can watch like, if you're only going to watch like one part of this movie, I would say you should watch this part of the movie with this song. Yeah, I would also yeah. like to give a special shout out to um, Blaze's song. <laughs> yes, also good. Yes. Good use of graphics. Basically, basically uh, he enters a, a club mm -hmm. that they are all at, the same club in which Beyonce leaves her drink unattended, which you should not do. And uh, the rap he does is basically just saying his own name over and over again. Yep. <laughs> it's just like... I'm the B, the L, the A, the Z, the E. Yep. But like the letters are like flashing and like taking mm. the entire screen as he is saying it. It's it's fucking great. It's um, so good. And you're right. Most <laughs> of the song is like different takes on his name. Like I'm blazing and like stuff like that. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> yes. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. His concert at the end of the movie is also A plus material. In his um, like local theater show. 
Yeah. <laughs> just saying, like, the size of that stage that they have for him, it's very community theater, and, like, they don't even open, like, the curtain for him. <laughs> he is so Yeah, it's also just, like, the kind of venue that is. It's like, it's like a venue, like, with seats. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's super weird. <laughs> Instead of, like, a, a venue where, like, you stand and, like, enjoy a rap show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, very funny. Um, I guess it's supposed to be more like an opera. Because this is a hip opera. And that's how subtext that. works. Oh, man. Whoa. I have a degree in screenwriting. <laughs> but, yeah. Really doing the work there. Um, really thinking those thoughts. I have studied film. <laughs> I went to college. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, concluding thoughts. Uh, Steven Seagal is a uh, is is poop. Mm. He's poop. Oh goodness. Uh, I would just like to say I'm so excited to do this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yay. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, like a, a lot of the reasons we picked Beyonce is because like it's it's just like a very welcome change of pace from the, the kind of movies we were talking about before. Mm, um, yeah, a little bit more variety, different kind of perspective. Uh, getting to be critical of Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, again, I'm again to Beehive, talk... we we love you, and we're we're also scared of you. Please, please, yeah, please yeah. don't hurt us. A hundred percent. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm also excited to talk about, like, her albums, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this stru- structurally, this will be a very fun season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to talking about music more, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so next week, we're going to talk about the writings on the wall and Austin Powers in Goldmember. <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> Cannot wait. A movie of which I own on VHS and am trying to actively <laughs> watch on VHS for the <laughs> episode. I will, uh, if if it happens, I will put up a picture of my setup somewhere in this home is a yes. working VHS player. In fact, it might even be across the attic from me right now. <laughs> mm. I love it. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, so yeah, excited. I encourage I encourage you to watch this movie in this manner. And also, I know we talked about this before, but when we do the Instagram post, uh, if you could just take a picture of that VHS box oh. and post that instead of yes. the I already it, have. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Incredible. Good. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just make sure to put a fancy filter on it, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I just I love that I found that. So good. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly I am also very happy that you found that. <laughs> Truly blessed. Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, anyway, so make sure to please leave us a review or rating or even both, and uh, you can always mm. follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Buitapod. On Instagram, we are at Buitapodcast. And on Facebook, we are But What If I Tried Acting. Thank you so much. Mm. Yes, thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.